everyone. I'm Susie Sevier. And I'm Michael Barnhart. Welcome to the Adventures of a Real Estate Investor podcast, where we interview industry experts and chat with them about their passions and how they're leveraging real estate investing to create an impact in their world. What impact do you want to make? Did you know there are almost 8 billion people on this planet? What if each of us started with ourselves, with our family, in our community? All we have to do is start with a manageable 1% action every day. The effect of those billions of 1% gestures would be astronomical. This is your place to reflect and believe. Join us every week to start cultivating those ideas on the impact that you want to make in your world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Adventures of a Real Estate Investor. I'm Susie. And I'm Michael, and we're excited you joined us for this adventure. And we are so excited because Michael and I are coming to you again with three awesome episodes. We really loved how we gave like a market update for <laughs> three episodes. Previously, we got a lot of great feedback. So here we are again, here for all of you. Yeah, because it's very important during these times, these economic times, especially these almost record-breaking times that we want to make sure that we inform you, our adventurous family, of exactly what's going on in the economy as we are interpreting it, because we want to make sure that you're making the best decisions possible in order to make sure you're making the most money possible through investing, whether that's active or passive investing. Totally. But for this first episode, we're going to dive into the current interest rates. Next couple episodes, we're going to get into trading velocity and inflation and things like that. But in this specific episode, we're just going to talk about current interest rates. And I want to caveat a couple of things here. Obviously, Susie and I are not economist, trained economist. Even though I have a PhD, it's only in biochemistry. We just uh, read a lot. We read a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I want to say where we get all our information from quickly. I'll say this at the beginning of the following episodes as well. But some of the resources we, resources we look at are CoStar, Marcus and Millichap, Capital Economics, the Federal Reserve, Freddie Mac, Moody's Analytics, Mortgage Bankers Association, National Association of Home Builders, National Association of Realtors, Pew Research Center, RealPage Incorporated, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, U.S. Census Bureau, and Wells Fargo. I'm sure I'm missing some in there because we read quite a few articles every single day, but those are the top ones where we pulled most of this data from. Yeah, so we're not just on one resource. We're trying to gather resources from as many different places as possible so that the information that we even provide ourselves, but then also provide you all comes from a great variety and it works. Absolutely. So obviously this episode is very timely. We are recording this on Sunday, December 18th. This podcast will air on 2 December 20th. Yeah. It was actually the day that Susie and I are moving back to the United States. Whoa. Which is crazy. So, so we'll be in a plane when you're listening Actually to this. recording this. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're recording this in temporary lodging um, military installation. But anyways, what we want to talk to you about today is basically how home ownership potential is limited by high prices and mortgage rates. And this has to do with the current interest rate hikes. So last Wednesday on December 14th, the feds increased rates again, but this time by only 50 bips or 50 basis points. What that means is 50 basis points is just 0.5%. So previous to that, since May of 2022, so earlier this year, there had been four 75 bips or 0.75% increases in interest rates in order for the Federal Reserve to reduce inflation, right? 
And so they're looking at the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, reports after every single month and then debating and determining whether or not they want to raise rates. Well, like I said, we'll talk about the CPI in the next episode, but they had decided to increase rates by a little bit this time, not as much previously, but by 0.5%, which is great news because now after coming off of four 75 bips increases, we're now slowly decreasing the decreasing the increasing rates, right? So now we're at- That's hard to say. Yeah, it is, right? So they're targeting rates between 4.25 and 4.5. This is the highest rates in 15 years and the most aggressive hikes since the 1980s. And I'm sure a lot of you have been hearing about that, reading about that, because either you or me or somebody in our circle is trying to buy a home, has wanted to buy a home, saving money to buy a home, all of the above, right? Like that's all we have been hearing about the raise, the raise, the raise, the raise. But where does that all lead us? Where does this take us all, right? Like, because there's so much more beyond just that little bit of information. So like, what does that all mean? So the terminal rate or the point where officials expect to end the rate hikes was put at 5.1%. So there still might be a little leverage for growth. So yes, although we are kind of going back to where rates like had been historically before 2020, there still is a little bit of growth. So these conversations about having very high rates are still going to continue to happen as the feds don't plan to lower rates until 2024. But a lot of economists are arguing or saying or speculating that the Fed is being too tight and that rates will have to come down in 2023 for a variety of reasons. We will talk about that in length in another episode, but like the economy also has a really bad downturn when they take too long to ease rates. Absolutely. Yeah, and just to put this in perspective as well, um, so the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage, so we're talking about residential mortgage that you get for your primary home, primary resident, or potentially a rental property as well, those rapidly climbed during the first half of 2020. Two, uh, so first half of this year, after starting close to three beginning of this year. And as of beginning of November, the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage was 6.95%, while the end of November 2022 was down to 6.6%. Therefore, we're starting to see rates come down despite continued rate hikes. Okay. And Pulling the data from yesterday, December 17th, Saturday, the national average 30-year fixed rate mortgage was 6.56. So it is trending back down. It's just slowly coming down. And the reason why those rates are coming down is because the feds are not raising the rates as aggressively as they had been, right? As I mentioned in the previous, at the beginning of this episode, we had four continuous rate hikes at 0.75%. Now this latest one, which is, took place on the 14th of December, 2022, was at 0.5%. So as that's coming down, even though interest rates are going, you know, the Fed is raising interest rates, that trend is kind of coming down. And so the 30-year fixed rate, they expect over 30 years to go down. So that's why we're seeing a decrease in the fixed rate mortgages. And just to clarify for all our listeners out there, our adventurous family, when we were talking, when Susie was mentioning earlier that there's still an increase in potential interest rates from the federal government, our Federal Reserve, she was talking about the Fed rates, right? So that terminal rate point is 5.1%. Now everybody, all the banks and everything kind of look at that and then base their lending off of that number. And so, she's, so Susie was mentioning an increase in that rate, that can definitely go up. But we are seeing a decrease in the average 
of the 30-year fixed rate mortgages that are offered by banks and things like that. Those rates are coming down. As you can see right now, like the federal interest rate target is 4.25 to 4.5%. That's the target. While rates right now are currently, the average rates right now are currently at 6.56% as of December 17, 2022. Those are for 30-year fixed rate mortgages. So that number is obviously higher because those are what banks lend at. And then the interest rate that Susie was talking about was the federal reserve rate. Hopefully that clarifies everything for everybody. Yeah. So Susie, why is this such an issue right now for first time home buyers? So this is an issue for first time home buyers because historically elevated home costs coupled with a period where mortgage rates are the highest they have ever been since a global financial crisis is creating pronounced challenges for first time home buyers. As we mentioned in the beginning, a lot of things that people are talking about. So it is now estimated that a minimum annual income needed to purchase a medium priced house is now well above $100,000, which is a lot for a lot of people. And so this is a big deal. And this is all based off of standard Freddie Mac debt ratios. This is where this information is coming from. And this is a benchmark that about three-fourths of U.S. households fall short of. And that's really a big deal. Yeah, because before this, and when rates were at 3% at the beginning of the year, the average, that $100,000 that Susie was mentioning just now, that average was at $60,000. So it's a 40% increase in income that you're needed in order to get the same home that you wanted before, if that makes sense. So that is very yes. big deal, right? So that that reduces, as Susie said, reduces the number of people that are available to actually purchase a, a house. house. Yeah. So, and we'll get into what that means here in a second, but, but on the commercial side of things, so we all talked about residential 30 year home fix rates and things like that. And I'm sure you're all wondering what's going on on the commercial side of things. So on the commercial side of things, things are starting to look more positive. Yes. It's very exciting. Bill. On 5th of December, 2022, Freddie Mac adjusted its small balance loan. These are loans that are between one to seven and a half million dollars. So one million to seven and a half million, which, you know, small balance loan, air quotes. <laughs> These are the loans that Susie and I have on several of our properties, just because there's very different rates and, and pricing grids and things like that. But those have been adjusted by Freddie Mac. They've decreased by 20 basis points or point two percent across all market tiers and loan structures, which is very exciting because of the consumer price index, which we'll talk about next episode, but also because the Fed has kind of let their foot off the gas of raising rates. Even the rates are still going up, they're still going up, you know, the gas pedal is still being pressed. It's just not pedal to the to the metal, if you will. So we do expect to see those rates coming down again in December. This should be in, in January, but we'll see. Hopefully, we'll be able to give you a better update at that time. Yeah. But with all that said, let's talk about what the future holds. Ooh, we have like our crystal ball. Da, 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 da. Or what we think. <laughs> the future holds. Yeah. Exactly. So the increase in rates for these residential mortgages have priced out a lot of homebuyers in purchasing their dream home. What does that do for us, though? So it means it should be creating more of a demand for rentals or driving up rent or lowering vacancy rates. And a great example is this even is that Michael and I were trying to rent an apartment for our next move. And we were on a wait list for about six months. Mm -hmm. During that six months, because I had finally called the property manager and I was like, hey, I'm getting kind of nervous. You know, what? Like, what's going on? And this is exactly what we were hearing was that people had planned on buying homes and because the interest rate kept going up, they canceled 
like that they were actually going to move out. They canceled their, I guess, move out contract because they needed to stay in an apartment. So it is happening everywhere. And a lot of people are feeling it in different ways. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we are seeing that across our properties. and But we have to ensure that we are still offering affordable rents, right? So although like we say that we can continue to drive up rent, we can't do that. We cannot price people out of their homes in apartment and also out of a house. Like that's not fair at all. We're not looking to do that at all. So we are seeing... Though, after even chatting with our the CEO of the property management company that we love, that because of all of this, people might not even necessarily stay in an apartment. So residents will either choose to stay with family or friends in hopes that the rates come back down, but it also gives them more flexibility. And it's weird seeing it transition that way because now people are like, I don't know how long this is going to last. But I also need to make sure that, like, I'm ready for when it ends. And so, however, we believe that we are still, like, in a really great position to see an incredible leasing season, like, through spring. Like, that's not going to end. It's just these weird nuances that are now happening and that we're just adjusting to. Absolutely. Yeah. And with the Fed looking to keep interest rates high through 2023, as Susie mentioned earlier, they're not going to coming down until 2024 is what they claim. But with them keeping rates high through 2023, we believe that there will be some incredible buying opportunities in 2023 with, extreme, with extremely low interest rates in 2020 that were where a large volume of bridge loans were, were written and undertaken by a lot of operators with floating interest rates. And now those loans are either coming due because most bridge loans are two, three, two or three year products. Mm -hmm. Some extensions, of course, if the loan allows it, but the high interest rates Back then, in 2020, people were not buying rate caps, right? He wouldn't start buying rate caps until 2021. They're like, oh my gosh, what happens if something happens? So rate cap is basically, you know, if you get an interest rate at 3% and you buy a rate cap at 4%, if it goes above 4%, then basically your rate cap interest basically will pay the excess in interest. And so a lot of people were not, were foregoing that and just saying, well, let's just do a floating rate. I only have a bridge loan for two or three years. What'll We're, happen in two? Yeah, what's going to happen in two or three years? A lot. Nothing. <laughs> a lot happens. Don't worry. None of us knew though. It was. Yeah. It's wild though. Exactly, exactly. So with all those bridge loans coming due and the high interest rate environment we're in, with the Fed continuing to hold interest rates high through 2023, we believe that there are going to be some stressed assets out there, and we're going to be poised in order to capitalize on those buying opportunities in 2023. We are very excited for what next year is going to bring for adventurous real estate investors. So how, I just want to end this session here with how we are approaching acquisitions during this time. This hasn't really changed. This is our core investment thesis. If you can go back and look at our investment thesis and, and when we wrote it down in 2020, 2021, and now I just did an update on our investment thesis in 2022 and how the, uh, the current economy is kind of affecting that. You can go check that out on our YouTube channel. Uh, learn more about that. That's Adventures, the Adventures of a Real Estate Investor YouTube channel where you're watching this mm -hmm. video. If you're watching our podcast, you can watch it there. Or you can watch a video about how the current economy has affected our investment thesis for 2022. Anyways, besides that, I'm going to briefly wrap this up by talking about how we're approaching acquisitions during this time. So number one, we are still taking our time with acquisitions. We are not trying to make a deal work just because we need a deal, right? We want to make sure that we, and we always do this. We want to make sure that we're providing the best investment opportunity for our investors, no matter what, right? And it has to be the right investment opportunity for the residents as well, because as you know, our huge 
biggest thing is like focusing on the different ROI and that's return on impact, putting the residents first, right? So we make sure that it works for both the residents and our investors. Number two is that we are only looking at long-term financing. We're looking at long-term mortgages, seven, 10, 15, 20, 25 year mortgages, looking at that financing only. I am a huge proponent of that. And you know, we always have done that in, on our properties as well. We're also looking at at least five-year deal cycles, just because we believe there might be a high interest rate environment over the next several years. Interest rates are going to start coming down in you know, three, four years time, which is going to be, obviously interest rates come down, cap rates come down, which increases the value of the property. So we're looking at, you know, projecting out, you know, five plus year deals. And the next thing here, we were looking for opportunities, really. We were looking for light value added opportunities. We're also looking for opportunities to force appreciation through operational efficiencies. So because all of our properties now are managed by one property management company, and we understand how that management property operates, yes. we have a very intimate understanding of operations. And so we can come in and see where a property is lacking operations, put the systems and processes in place and end up reducing expenses, increasing income, and therefore boosting the net operating income or the NOI of the property, which then increases the value of the property. And then finally, we are looking at more B-class opportunities or B-class properties. Why do you say, Michael, why are you looking at more B-class properties? Well, B-class properties usually require less maintenance. And with the price of labor, the price of materials and everything like that, that has gone up over the past several years. And with inflation increasing, we are looking at opportunities that require, you know, light value add, as I mentioned in the previous bullet, and where we can really integrate those operational efficiencies. And we can do that better in a B-class property as well. We can do that C-class as well. We're still looking at C-class. We yeah. still love C-class. However, we're ensuring that we are increasing the amount of CapEx contingency. So for the capital expenditures budget, we're making sure we're increasing that contingency. And typically we did 10% contingency. Now we're increasing that to 30% contingency just because increase in labor, increase and, and materials and things like that with inflation going up. And so a lot of those C-class properties don't really underwrite very well when you add a 30% contingency in there. So we're looking at B-class properties. That's why. And <laughs> that's why. That is why. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in the, in the next episode, as I mentioned in the beginning, we're going to kind of dive into the trading velocity and the consumer price index inflation and how it's based Which on Which is so that. interesting. <laughs> yeah. We are very interesting. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. Any yeah. Yes, because we won't be back here for a week. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to us this week. And we hope you have a great week with your friends, with your family, with yourself. We appreciate you. Absolutely. So until next time, explore more adventure waits. Thank you so much for listening. Before you start your next adventure of the day, Please take a moment to reflect on the impact that you want to make. All of our efforts combined are what make the monumental impacts. We can't do it without you. Also, if you enjoyed the episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us an honest review with one of the great insights you received from the show today. And if you believe a friend, family member, or colleague would find great value in listening, please share our podcast with them. As always, your support means the world to us. Until next time, explore more. Adventure awaits. Woo!